All right. Welcome back, everyone. My name's Aleda. And I'm Miranda. And together we make up the sidekicks, kicks, 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 kicks. And we're starting our spooky season. Woot woot. It's so scary. So (laughs) scary. So oogie boogie. Um, Yeah, we're we're starting off uh, with some stories that Miranda picked out. What did you pick out, Miranda? I picked the first four issues of The Dark Mansion of Forbidden Love. It sounds so promising, everyone. It wasn't. Yes, it did. <laughs> it did disappoint a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think like one, this didn't need to be as long as it went. However long it no. went, originally, no. Because <laughs> they're all the same story. Yeah. Three different ways, four different ways. But I mean, the same technically story. there's five stories because there's a short story in one of them. That is true, and I was annoyed. I'm like, just end the book. (laughs) (laughs) I was annoyed. I'm sure it was a page count situation, because these are kind of longer. They're like 38 pages. pages. Yeah. So I'm sure they finished the story, and we're like, uh, that was only like 30. Let's put in another 10-page story. And I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So... (sighs) This is a 15-issue anthology series. So what that means is it's not really they're, – they're not really connected. They're all sort of short stories. They're all kind of standalone. It, this was released in 1971. The whole thing ran until I think like the last one was published in 1975. The first four issues are called The Dark Mansion of Forbidden Love, and it was all very tawdry and bodice rippery, right? And then yes. by the time we get to issue five, they realize that it's just like, what if we just told like mildly scary stories and we forgot the romance angle? Except they do. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yes, I guess Bond Shipper for, for reals. It's, it's like pulp comics. Yeah, they're very pulpy, uh, uh, which is fitting because... Yeah this um this anthology series the reason why the dark mansion of forbidden love exists is directly tied to the popularity of the soap opera of the romantic gothic soap opera dark shadows Ooh, i feel like we should watch it oh yeah i don't know for the show but we should hold on what is this called oh dark shadows you've never heard of it uh no. Okay, so Dark Shadows was a soap opera that ran from like 1966 until 1971, and um, it was supernatural. And so what it was is the main character was a vampire, like a- ancestor of this family that lived this this family that had fallen on hard times and lived in this very fancy house. And so he came to help them, but he was oh, a vampire. Yeah. The whole like reincarnation. There was a ghost story. There were ghost stories in it. There was a reincarnation love story where like his lost love from back when he was human had come had been reincarnated. There were witches. There was uh, the daughter gets turned into a werewolf at one point. This looks so cool. Yeah. <laughs> and I say that after reading Dark Mansion of Forbidden Love, which was also visually cool. Mm-hmm not not plot cool but yeah i would watch this mm-hmm. yeah okay well i can absolutely see a resemblance there's women in white dresses running away from a castle just like there's women in white dresses running about running away from castles in what we read yeah i like it 
continue with your history. <laughs> I got distracted. And so like, that's what, that's what this was supposed to be. It was supposed to kind of piggyback on the success of the show, appeal to the same readership. It's very formulaic. You kind of get the feeling reading these that maybe, so these stories, they advertise themselves as like a full novel in a single issue. And it's not to the story's betterment. No. Let's just say, cause it's like reading them, you can see where if this was like, say a novella, right? If this was like a, a 35 page, like short story, not, not a comic, like an actual yes. written story, you can see what they're going for. It's just. Yes, absolutely. I don't know. No, it didn't. As a comic, no. Which sucks because it is kind of like, well, it's like visual media and written media, right? But Mm -hmm. it just didn't, I don't think it has enough length. Yeah. Or they put too much for the length that it is. Because it could probably, it might work if it was a lot. (laughs) If it wasn't like one-off stories, I I don't Okay. I want it to work. <laughs> so, like, I have a lot of notes about things that they did in here that, like, kind of killed it, right? Because, okay. like, they do – A, it's very formulaic, which is always going to be a problem. You need to have different stories. Yes. You know, and part of, like, that formulaic is that clearly they're, they have certain things that they need to meet for, like, an issue. Like, there has to be, like, a creepy house. There has to be, I don't know, some random dashing guy just macking on people constantly. A damsel. Yeah. There An has old to be. crone. Yeah. Like it's it's very clear that there was like certain things that they had to include and they were kind of limited based on that. Cause I think if they had had more fluidity in terms of setting, it probably would have worked better. I would argue that one of the stronger stories in it is actually like the the 12 page short story that's in there as like a page filler. Mm-hmm. Um, but another thing that they do is it really feels like the the writers and the artists weren't in conversation with each other. And so <laughs> like they seem they both work to cut any tension cuz like that's what makes that's what makes a good scary story work, right? Like that tension, yes. you know? Like that that you're waiting for something to happen and that's a lot more effective at scaring you than what actually does end up happening, right? But both the writers and the artists and every single issue has a different team they seem to be working at odds and so both of them will do things that will cut the that will break the tension before it can ever really develop yes like um one of the things that's very common in all of these stories that we read was like a mysterious figure looks through the window and here's the thing that could have worked if there wasn't a goddamn text box telling us there was a mysterious figure looking through the window yes like everything was announced (laughs) yeah like if they had just let like the atmosphere build up or if it had just been something that was unremarked upon in like the background, something for like the the reader to see and be like, what is happening? Like this, even just that, that small change would have made these, I think, a lot stronger as stories. I agree. Once again, Miranda can place it. I never can. I'm always like, mm, I don't know. It was kind of weak though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it wasn't, I wasn't coming into it like, going to be actually scared because they were written so long ago and even if it was like new then it's probably been copycatted and so I've seen versions of it yeah um but like if I think of Halloween the movie the first one that one still freaks me out and it's because of that like you don't know what's gonna happen like the obviously the music creates like a lot of like oh my god (laughs) 
<laughs> what's gonna happen i know what's gonna happen but it's still a little like ooh. i hope i never find someone hiding in my closet that's terrifying um but that's a mysterious figure and again that came out i think after this and they did it better yeah because nobody was telling us what was happening it was just like oh shit well like that's another thing that i think a lot of these stories also do is they have too many story elements right yeah like yes it's clear that the writer understands that the unexpected is good for a good story. Mm-hmm. So they just include a bunch of unexpected things and then they don't give you any reason to suspect that. Like at one point there's like a mis- there's a secret wife. Oh my god. And we yes. did nothing to lead up to that. We did nothing to earn that. There was no and there were times when they could have put it in there if they wanted to earlier. Yeah. And it probably would have been a lot more shocking as like a, a twist reveal. Yes. But instead, it was just like, like, it went from a mildly engaging creature feature to like, what, who the fuck is this person? Why is that happening? And then you move on. Yeah. And it ends like, and then it ends few... just like three, pa- three panels later. Yeah. And you're like, oh, but they're in love. So it's okay. All we care about is them making out. There's also a very high body count in these stories. There so, is. Hi. <laughs> okay with that it's fine (laughs) yeah but yeah there's just a lot going on with not enough payoff for them Mm -hmm. um do i want some of these outfits yes yes so like most of these stories are set in the present like most of them there's only i think one that's set in the past and that one is set in like 1910 the rest are supposed to be set like in around like 1971 1972 when the stories were coming out liars (laughs) no (laughs) no (laughs) only the last one or like the short story in the last one i felt like it was placed in a more modern era but like the first one we read it seemed kind of back in the day but yeah their outfits i don't know i think i just like these people are in castles that just makes it seem super old to me but their outfits are not super old yeah it's like they're wearing modern you can tell by like yeah her her coat yeah so it's like another thing that you kind of notice with this is that like the heroine who is generally like an ingenue is supposed to be like her entry into the story right Mm -hmm. every other cast of characters knows what's happening and she doesn't Mm -hmm. well the heroine always looks like incredibly different from the rest of the story yes like she'll be dressing like it's 1969 and then everyone else is dressing like it's 1869 yes absolutely she's wearing this first one is the mystery of the missing missing bride bride. there is no missing bride by the way no what the fuck what the fuck (laughs) i don't know who named this they did not read it no this one was oh my god also this is just more of a minor gripe but they don't include like an actual list of the creatives on this they don't it's you have to like look it up so um the first one was written by dorothy woolfolk and ethan morden and Mm -hmm. the art was done by tony de zunega and the covers were done by george zeal on the very first one we open up on a funeral bettina and what a name that is. What is a that? name. What a name. <laughs> what a name. I was like, Bettina. Because it's spelled B-E-T-T-I-N-A. Yep. 
but tina but tina like, tina just call her tina what the <laughs> fuck anyway but her Bettina. name is Batina. that's how you know it's gothic alena her name is Batina. Yeah. <laughs> yes it's not all the dead trees <laughs> in the it's full the full moon of every night yes but Batina has died mm-hmm. and there's and- a killer on the loose <laughs> So the, the the heroine of the story, the heroine of the missing bride, which there's no no missing bride. No one is missing. Yep, Someone has been killed. Very clearly dead. Yeah. <laughs> there's no mystery. <laughs> no. No. Um, but anyway, uh, the heroine is Bettina's childhood friend, uh, Laura. And another thing you have to understand is that every single heroine is an orphan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just randomly they're all orphans they all live at orphanages they're they all i the guess land of orphania orphania <laughs> where they're just oh they're gosh. not birthed they're just robins like, from there <laughs> they're just created like yeah. from clay, <laughs> from clay. <laughs> yes we've gotten biblical <laughs> a little bit <laughs> no, but they're all orphans and they're hot <laughs> yes that's yes. a personality. That exactly. Personality of girl. Yes. A uh, characteristic kiss. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, special feature. Nightgown. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Color of hair. Never black. <laughs> Never. Well, because that's how you can tell that she's different from every other character. Because every other character has like dark hair. And then the heroine will have like red hair or yellow hair. You can spot her in a crowd. Exactly. And they wear bright red when everyone else is wearing gloomy blue. Yes. Because this yeah. is a funeral. Yes. But anyway, uh, Laura <laughs> Laura has traveled from the land of Orphania to attend her best friend Bettina's funeral. And the family is real uppity about this. <laughs> like, they're like, we married an orphan so that we didn't have to deal with other people. Yes, there's one. Her name is Aunt Emily. Uh-huh. She is a mess and a half, but I was laughing. Uh, hey, listen, if she wasn't a murderer, she'd be great. This is the thought bubble or the speech bubble that I was like, I kind of like her. She's terrible, but I kind of <laughs> like her. Says so nonsense, Michael. It's been the same for a hundred years. But Tina's death will in no way change it you must restrain these outbursts of yours his lover his wife his wife died and she's like sobbing a little bitch about it she's terrible she is like she's like okay yeah whatever you loved her but i don't think you did so a marriage of convenience aunt emily had opinions oh yeah she let people know (laughs) yeah so but like the whole family is like really uppity and weird about Laura being there. And Laura, meanwhile, like she's here on a mission because she got a weird ass phone call from Bettina about how like there's some crazy shit going down at like this manor. Yeah. And then she dies. Yes. Dun, 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 dun. Right? So Laura is here just trying to get like the who, what, where, whens, and whys. But she unfortunately has some undiagnosed medical condition and just faints constantly. The women of Orphania have a non-curable chronic condition 
that causes fainting. It's not named. <laughs> it is not named. It is a tragedy. And for just <laughs> 12 cents a day, you can support an orphan from Orphania. Yeah. <laughs> in their medical journey. Do you know those fainting goat- goats? <laughs> <laughs> it's the same thing. Hard it is. The woman faints. <laughs> she does. It's the moment she gets confronted, the moment the family is like, Well, I never heard of you. She's just like, Oh, faints. And they don't just leave her there. They also don't call an ambulance. They just put her in the. Limo. No, nobody calls ambulances. Nobody calls the cops. It's very strange. They don't exist. There's, they're like so. It's like an island of castles. And there's no infrastructure except for the castle. <laughs> just no infrastructure, just castles, castles Castle. all the way down. Like Sims, but castles. Yes. Uh, anyway. I said it's a limo. It's not a limo. It's like a Cadillac. It's just old cars are really long. <laughs> it's They have a driver. They do. They do. But anyway, they kidnap this woman. This yeah. fainting woman. Yes. And immediately the widower, like the late Bettina's husband, Michael, is just like man there's just something about those orphania women <laughs> they just get me every time we di- the the dirt has not settled on the burial that just took trace took yeah. place but you're hot like it's and by the way while he's like ha- like having this moment with her he's also arguing with aunt emily about how he has a right to be sad that bettina's dead <laughs> it is so out of this world and they like make out oh yeah they make out a lot they they mack on each other quite a bit it is just astounding yeah but anyway uh she mentions how she received all of these letters from bettina and bettina told her so much about everybody right and emily is suspicious she's like that's sus and so <laughs> she offers laura a job yeah so she can keep an eye on laura yeah and then she immediately loses interest in keeping an eye on laura yes relatable (laughs) i also don't want to keep trying on grown folk so um out of the characters out of the cast of characters in this particular story we have michael grieving grieving it's quotation quotes (laughs) he's grieving so much that he's getting his lips wet constantly he yes it's just grieving that he doesn't have someone he can forcefully kiss <laughs> and Stockholm syndrome into loving him. Yes. Yes. I it's he's serial monogamist. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, we have Michael. Michael himself is an orphan, by the way. He's not from Orphania though. He was raised by Aunt Emily. Yeah. Um, so we have Michael, we have Aunt Emily, who's like this old woman. She's just mean. She's a mean She's old just lady. A mean lady. But she has like a monocle and a stick that I'm kind of in love with as like a dramatic prop. There are some choices that make it so fun. Just some some of these the way these women sleep mm-hmm. out of control. They always sleep boobily. Like there's one arm like, over. Boop. Yeah. And then it's just it, it is what it is. <laughs> it yeah, is absolutely like, there. I don't know about you, but I just can't get comfortable without my push-up bra right you're right <laughs> i'm weird you're right <laughs> so, whenever they faint it's splayed. there's you don't mm-hmm. just fall you like extend it out tips yes. up but, well you know it's that's 
it's it's a terrible medical condition in orphania mm-hmm, it's the fainting with posture yeah place. well it's, you have to you have to arrange yourself you know because if you if you just slump over like a dead cow then people will just walk over you it's true you know? This this the the posture encourages people to pick you up and put you on like a chaise lounge. Exactly, which happens so much, <laughs> so much. Um, so there's Aunt Emily, there's Michael, there is a lawyer. The lawyer is important in terms of he's involved with the plot, but he's not important because we never return to the lawyer. The lawyer does nothing significant. This entire story. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's like a couple of servants and that who that those are the people that we've met so far there's a couple other characters but we haven't met them yet uh one of the characters one of the servants is named taffy <laughs> mm-hmm. yep and i just need you to know that her name is taffy and she wears like a candy grape purple suit <laughs> yes yes someone was having fun yeah, like <laughs> man, I got put on this fucking assignment. Oh, I'm gonna have a good time while I'm here. <laughs> yes. Uh, oh, meanwhile, there's a subplot about an escaped lunatic. Oh yeah, you can't forget that. <laughs> um, again, it, it's things. It's so a many. checklist of what needs to be happening. Yeah, I I'm honestly surprised that in none of the stories that we read that we ever included like hook hand car. <sighs> It's probably, you said there's 15 of these, it's probably yeah. a future one. Right. <laughs> when they stop focusing on the orphans of Orphania. Yeah. Yeah, they move on to criminals, the criminal element. And like, one thing I want to talk about later is I want to talk about like, the impact of the Comic Code of Authority on this book. Yes. Because mm-hmm. it's, there's times when it's like they want to delve into true horror, but they can't, right? Yeah. And then there's also times when they want it to be saucy, but they, they're so limited. Like uh, this specific panel. Of her? I was about to pull that one up. <laughs> I literally was like, what the fuck? Yeah. It's like, um, here's the panel description I'm going to give you all. The Love door it. is open. It's, it's uh, ooh, what's her name? Laura. Laura is standing talking to Miss Emily, but the light is hitting her. Like, it's just, she's like backlit. But yeah. she's facing Miss Emily, so it's her butt. But it, she's wearing like a baby doll see-through. It's not see-through, but it's see-through in this scene, and you just see the silhouette of her titties. <laughs> so she Almost. just looks like a cardboard cutout. Well, of her uh, luscious lady lumps. And her lady lumps that is marked by a speech bubble that says, Good night, Miss Langford. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It is so close to being on her butthole. It's not. But... <laughs> It is well. They position it. They position it to cover up, like you know, yeah. the, the the what the cleft, the, and then the line the is covering up what would be the crack. Yes, but yeah, it is uh, very much. When I saw the cover and it saw I saw that it said comic code of authority, I was like, oh, mm-hmm. that's what happened. They wanted to do more things, but they couldn't. Yeah. Anyway, the next day, Laura wakes up and she's just like, I I technically I'm employed here, but also there's nothing for me to do. So I'm just gonna take a walk outside. Yeah. Again, she is see through. Her. She is see through. <laughs> that's what I meant to say. <laughs> yeah. Her gown her, is see through, and we see her body. This nightgown. This nightgown that somebody had to change her into because she was she had fainted again. Oh, is not decent. No. So she puts a coat on over it, of course, yes. and then takes a stroll in the snow. 
Mm-hmm. And then Michael comes up and just grabs her and like, oh, you're such a moron wandering around the ground alone. Did you know there's quicksand here? And it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> Elena, it's would white you quicksand? assume that there was quicksand? I would be so annoyed. Like, first of all, why is there quicksand here? We never really established location, but it's all giving like transfer- Transylvania. <laughs> all of it is literally like, think gothic castle and that landscape all of these stories are there mm-hmm. except maybe one but it's snow it looks like crimson peak like it's all yes. white why would there be quicksand what right right like first things it. first quicksand is an environmental factor why would it yes. be here second it's thing so second cold. if there is quicksand why are there no signs how is she supposed to know that this is a quicksand laden like forest and quicksand is not that fast <laughs> you just get stuck oh People do I, die, I don't know but... this quicksand is really fast because someone just, does later get stuck in the quicksand it like eats them yeah it's swallowed <laughs> i would be so bothered but of course she's like oh yeah i am stupid kiss me yeah and kiss <laughs> yeah and then she so runs really- away and she's like, oh, no, that was my best friend's husband. No, I don't even think she gives a fuck about that, to be honest. She's just like, oh, I got to go. Mm-hmm. Well, it's OK. So this is the panel, right? Like they're making face with each other. And then she's like, please, you mustn't. You and Bettina, my best friends, you were married. And then he's like, you don't understand. I loved Bettina, but she's gone now. And you come to me laura and it's like it's been a day it's been a day it's been 12 hours since Bettino went into the ground the this <laughs> it's he's a murderer um <laughs> this the, what am i saying this um like comic has these like little they're like a quarter size of a panel and it's it's like the narrator yeah so this is like torn between desire and terror Laura panicked and fled madly to the house. But they always draw little hearts in them. And I think it's the cutest thing. <laughs> I love the use of hearts. It story. is. There's another one where like the two characters kiss and the background is just hearts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, okay, I like that. <laughs> it, you know, they needed to spell it out for us. They did. All, <laughs> there's so many hearts. They included little tone markers. So cute. Yeah. Um, she runs back. Miss Emily is back with the monocle. <laughs> Tell you, I love this as a prop. It's great. I I want one because it's a monocle, not on a chain. It's like it's, on a little stick. Yeah, and so she holds it up like opera glasses. <laughs> and I assume that she also gestures with it. Oh, she has to. Come on, it is. Also, can we talk about Aunt Emily's fits? Yes, because like she's not as modern as laura right she's giving though she is giving because she wears like these velvet dresses but they stop at the knee they're knee length and it's like she's a choker right aunt emily is like a matron goth love it we aspire we do i want that Emma, anyway, uh, Laura goes to eat breakfast and they're and they make such a point to emphasize how young she is because they're like her ch- her teenage appetite. <sighs> so she eats a lot and then the chandelier falls. Shoop. 
this fucking panel of her <laughs> flying. It looks like she was ejected from a <laughs> from a fucking airplane. She does. Because it's like she's she's at the breakfast table. The chandelier starts falling. Uh she like zoops back. She's like, whoop, like this. And then when the chandelier actually makes contact with the table, it's like a bomb went off. Yes, it just this crash. <laughs> she gets sent back against the wall. It is amazing. She survives. I don't think she faints this time. No, that's that's not gonna make her faint. It's <laughs> it's only a near death near death experience. Yeah, yeah. No, she's fine. She only faints randomly. We've established. I, I will say, I will say that uh, the the idea of nearly being crushed by like a household appliance versus having a mild confrontation at a funeral, I I under I would I would faint at the funeral one too. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Are you also from Orphania? <laughs> yeah. Shh, shh. No one can know my heritage, Elena. We don't talk about that. We don't if talk we, about that. If people find out I'm from Orphania, I'm going to have to beat off dark brooding gentlemen with mansions with a stick. Ah, uh, you're true. You're All right. Everybody scratch that from memory. It's all mm-hmm. tr- it's all fake. Uh, <laughs> yes. She is wandering again in the castle. She walks into yeah, the art I, <laughs> To be clear, to be clear, this is when the subplot of her trying to solve Bettina's death is oh, yeah. comes into play because she's not just wandering. She's like, I know something weird was up with Bettina. Like, maybe if I can find her bedroom, I can figure it out. And yeah. then it's a whole series of her just opening random. Like, it's not a whole series. Like, we see it happen every single time it happens. It's a significant room, but she does it like three times. Mm-hmm. So she walks into Michael. Michael's art studio. His art studio, and the, he has to have an art studio, so we know that he's like soft. Also, he's a creative. He is a creative, uh, but he's immediately like, "What did I say about wandering around?" In my head, I'm like, "What is there quicksand in the hallways now?" I know. <laughs> uh, and then they they mack on each other. Yeah. And now Michael's the one with misgivings. Now he's like, "No, no, I cannot. I can't do it. I can't <laughs> get. I don't want to in my studio." And he like kicks her out. Yeah. And she's like, ah, how can you act this way? It's <laughs> so bad. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Sorry. <laughs> and that's how we find out because then Michael has to tell her his tragic backstory. Mm-hmm. Because he just like shoved her. Yeah, he pushes. He's so violent. <laughs> he just pushes her off. He, he just grabs up on her. Just like grabbing her or shoving her constantly. Yeah, there's. it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But anyway, we find out that 10 years ago when he was a child, which, by the way, how old do you think Michael is? I thought he was like in his 30s or 40s before the backstory. And then after the backstory, (laughs) 20s? 20? Early 20s at best. Because he's like a young child. Yeah. Like at most he's 10 years old and he says 10 years ago. And Mm -hmm. so at most he's 20. Yeah. But he looks grown, you guys. He looks like Tom Selleck. <laughs> he does! Oh, or Cary Grant. Cary Grant, yeah. They all look like that. Yes, yes. It's, it's very hard to age anybody. Um, but anyway, 10 years ago on Christmas Eve, his parents were in a car accident. They, they drove off a cliff. They drove off a cliff. And guess what, everyone? Do you think that's the only time in this comic that we see someone drive off a cliff? No. 
No. Oh my god. I, I I swear they just borrowed this panel. They just reused this panel. Absolutely. No, okay, whatever. <laughs> we don't have time. <laughs> it is. It is. But anyway, that's now you know why he's tortured. And then in the midst of telling the story, right? Because he gets raised by Aunt Emily. He also mentions Sebastian. And, yeah. and and Laura's like, well, who's Sebastian? And she's like, oh, you didn't know Sebastian? He's my uncle. I don't call him Uncle Sebastian, despite the fact that he was my dad's brother. I don't know why, just because I don't. Anyway, he's on the third floor in a wheelchair. We don't go there. <laughs> they have abandoned this man. Yeah. In the attic. It was so strange. Like, A, A, this man is his uncle. He does not call him his uncle. Mm-hmm. B, He's just on the third floor chilling and nobody goes to visit him. <laughs> I don't know who he's not dead. Who feeds him? Well, I assume I assume this Taffy. Taffy has to bring up Taffy? food for him. Okay. It's not right. the family members. You're right. <laughs> they don't visit him. Nope. They, uh, one thing that we do learn about this family, and it never gets commented on, but one thing we learn about this family is that they definitely like lock up their disabled family members. Yes. Have you ever watched Whatever Happened to Baby Jane? No. Okay. It's it's from, oh, fuck, I think it's the 60s, maybe mm-hmm. 70s. It's on Prime. You can rent it. Okay. Um, it's Joan Crawford and B- Betty Davis. <gasps> oh Have you heard gosh. about it? Yes, I've heard about it. She sends her sister down the stairs. Yes, and and other things. But she basically, the sister's in a wheelchair and she doesn't like let her come downstairs. And I immediately thought about that when I was, I was like, oh my God, I want to know his story. <laughs> What's going on with him? Yeah. Um, I think yeah. you'd like it actually. Okay. Okay. I'll check it out. But yeah. So like we later find out that there is a second disabled family member. Uh, this one is mentally disabled. It is a girl who's Laura's age, who is just not quite tethered to reality. But mm-hmm. she's also kept locked in the basement. <laughs> oh. Again, and Michael knows about this. Yes. These are not like secrets. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a secret to us and um, Laura, but that's it. Yeah. So, you know, now Sorry. she's now she has empathy for him because she she knows he's he's an orphan like her. I roll. Yes. Uh, and so she immediately goes up to like the the third floor. And see Sebastian. Yep. Sebastian is I don't know, an angry old man. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he mistakes her for Frederick, for Francesca. And Francesca is who she also finds up in the attic. And like <sighs> I said, Francesca is the mentally disabled family member. Yes. She has a cat. She does have a cat. Very cute. Um, so yeah, Laura's just discovering all the secrets of his family, mm-hmm. but not who's killed Bettina. And so, and Emily's like, that girl's snooping around. It's your fault. Or, and then someone was like, you should have just killed her. She's like, shut up. Just Don't like, tell me to shut up. I'm just <laughs> Literally. Like, she would have left. Laura would have left. She would have woken up from her little faint and then left. Mm-hmm. But Anna Emily's the one that was like, I'll give her a job. She'll have to die here. I don't, there was no, there was no thought for the long-term plan. No, no. But anyway, uh, Emily and the lawyer are just talking about those just in the living room because they are people who are way too comfortable and who should hear them but Taffy yes and Taffy is like "Ah, how like I heard all I heard all of it and we cut over to Laura Mm -hmm. and she gets hit with a mace I you know 
We yes, we yes. never come back to it. No, she just gets knocked out though. She doesn't get killed. I don't think. But uh, it's like for real, Mace. You guys, it's a ball with spikes. I think it would do more damage. Right. Oh, oh, I think it's supposed to be Sebastian. I think Sebastian is the one that hits her with the spike with the mace. Okay. Because I, I don't know. We never really. I think I, nothing. We don't come back. She I just guess Sebastian's hit. also involved in it. But I don't know. He doesn't seem to lead, lead a good life, trapped mm-hmm. up in the attic. True. But anyway, she. <laughs> for whatever reason gets taken to uh michael's dad's old study which has been locked up for 10 years Mm -hmm. i don't know why i don't know why you would take her there and not like i don't know a bedroom the the hospital again (laughs) or the hospital oh no i've fallen into the trap i've forgotten that like other places exist there's social services uh yeah so she gets taken to this dusty ass room so michael can kiss her while she's fainted oh god ew. <laughs> he's awful yeah Any- anyway she finds bettina's diary yes because mess. she gets taken into what is clearly an abandoned room and mm-hmm. is like bettina must have hidden something here as this is happening the sister <laughs> has francesca has walked out and mm-hmm. is singing and everyone is worried because she's gonna stumble into quicksand which is literally snow and then you get a close-up then it is like a swamp yeah just a random swamp they push taffy into the swamp yeah so like what happens is um francesca in out of all of like the chaos that has happened everything that's happened in like the last five pages nobody locked the doors in the attic and so francesca just kind of wanders around right and then her cat gets out and so she goes out looking for her cat because her cat is her only friend because this family is super shitty yes right and so, like, the whole family is out, like, the whole household, right? The lawyer, Aunt, Aunt Emily, uh, not Sebastian, obviously, he's trapped on the third floor. But, like, uh, Laura, Michael, the servants, everybody is out looking for Francesca so that she doesn't get hurt. Which is mm-hmm. good because she, like, wanders immediately to a cliff. She does. <laughs> so, but in, like, the, in the confusion of looking for Francesca, um... This is a very confusing thing. Um, there is, I think, like an element of classism in these stories mm-hmm. in yes. terms of like servants aren't really people. No, they're disposable. Yeah. And they're not just disposable to the characters. Like they're not people to the writers either. No. Yeah. They're. Yes. Because I Taffy agree. has overheard Emily and the lawyer discussing quite calmly how a, they murdered somebody in the past, and B, they're going to murder Laura to cover it up. Like, she's heard yes. this conversation. She told them that she heard this conversation, which, again, quite a deci- decisions were made, right? And then immediately, like, when Emily is like, Taffy, look over there. She's like, of course, Miss Emily. Pushed <laughs> into the quicksand. Sand. Because apparently, you know, despite her knowing that her employer is a murderer, she still needs to get that paycheck. She does. And she gets murdered. Mm-hmm. Murdered. Yeah, she just just her little hand sticking out of the quicksand. Yeah, very Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. Yes. Francesca is again kind of wandering. Yeah. She's looking for Bettina specifically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she drowned is what we find. I think from her, she's like, I'm not gonna let you drown. She yeah. goes into the lake ocean. Mm-hmm. Look ocean. The Lagosian. <laughs> the, Lago- the, the Lagosian on the way to Orphania. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, Michael gets her out. Yeah, because like a Dr. Mallet. It's Miranda's face. <laughs> I looked up and it was like a perfect face, like Paul. Like, <laughs> there's no reason, you guys. It was if there was gonna be a thumbnail for this episode, it would have been that one. But yes, Francesca is in the middle of an episode, right? And so she's reliving the night that Bettina died. And this is not important. It was never again. We know that Bettina's dead, and her death is never really important i would say no it's not like it's not it doesn't matter how she died that's not into question ever called into question nobody really talks about it but for whatever reason like francesca is reliving it and that we're supposed to act like this is revolutionary knowledge there's so much left (laughs) this shit is so this is page 29 of 38 you guys Mm -hmm. think about how much we have talked about like all the stuff that we've talked about and all the switch turns that have happened and we're still 10 pages out from the end this is not important no but no michael has to be the good guy he saves his sister or whatever she cousin cousin she's his cousin because she's emily's daughter oh right anyway uh by the way there's a mysterious figure that's doing looming stuff yeah presumably the lunatic Yes, because I forgot about that. And I was like, what? Oh, yeah. They said that in the like third page. Mm-hmm. And 20 pages have gone by and nothing has happened. Yes. So they call a doctor to check out Francesca. They do not call the cops to check out Taffy's body because I don't. Murder. That's why. I mean, yes, that's that is ultimately why. But I'm like, all the arguments used for why they shouldn't call the police are the same arguments for like. You, you called a doctor you already have, you already have somebody coming to the house just make another phone call True. you know it's not like you're all just gonna go to bed and forget that this ever happened right so uh meanwhile laura finally reads the diary and the diary tells us what we've already known because any dramatic tension that the story could have built has been just destroyed immediately mm-hmm by the fact that like they tell us everything they tell us that emily has murdered people they you know mm-hmm. there's no no surprise no shock yep but anyway uh for whatever reason bettina or not bettina <sighs> i know i know anyway for whatever reason laura goes to talk to sebastian about this i yeah Oh, no, no, no. Okay, okay. So she goes, rather than go to her bedroom to read the diary, she's just like, why don't I just find another abandoned room on the third floor? Yes. And Sebastian stumbles upon her there. And she reveals that she knows about the murder. And then he's like, ha ha, what you don't know is that I was also in on the murder. And I'm also not in a wheelchair. I only choose. And he stands up. He's stepping up to her, presumably to kill her. He's an ancient man. He's not gonna do it. like he. She can just I feel like she just trip him. him. Yeah, yeah. Just, just push him. Just push. But no, a foot breaks through the window <laughs> and pushes him so hard across this room. Yes. Onto the wheelchair, off of the stairs. Yes. <laughs> We see an old man appear and he looks disfigured. He just looks really old, not disfigured, but they try to make him look scary. Yeah, they're they're doing like lighting tricks on him. He's got an eye that's missing. 
Yes. But anyway, he's the old, the, this man that jumps through a window to murder Sebastian <laughs> reveals himself <laughs> to, to be Michael's daddy and also yes. the escaped lunatic. <laughs> yes. Because of course he is. There's no other option. Yeah. And he is like Alice to Laura because he's old. He's like my wife. She's like, I'm not, I'm not. I'm not Alice. And he's like, ah, Molotov cocktail. Boom. On fire. Fuck this entire cast. <laughs> yes. He sets the whole house on fire. And then meanwhile, everybody's arguing downstairs about what to do. Uh, yeah. And like, and Michael, without taking a break, the moment Laura says, like, your aunt killed you, like, your mom and dad, and probably also a bunch of other people, he's just like, of course she did. How? How did I never notice? What? An, <laughs> the house burns down, and they kiss at the end. Yeah, it, like, they all would have died in this burning house, except Francesca just grabs her cat and calmly walks downstairs and is like, come, kitty, we must escape the flames. <laughs> and they're like, well, that's odd yes and they follow her out and then michael's dad the escaped lunatic just just runs back into the fire to also die it is so out of control it is unhinged at the end it is the whole thing is but at the end it's literally like okay i guess we're done yeah and then with everything and then they decide to get married it's been it's been a day. It has been 24 hours since Laura met these people. They're in love. She has and she has been unconscious at least 12 of them because she keeps fainting. Literally, dude. It's so it is out of out of control. I, I, out of control. And that's all of these stories. Yeah, this is okay, that's the first one. These other ones are gonna fly by because it's the same thing. Mm -hmm. Just it's a werewolf instead or it's a vampire instead yeah so the second issue is the one that has two stories yes in it uh we, does this anyone say the creatives do you have it on this one we, i mean uh, we, we don't have to do it hold on i have the creatives grumble grumble i'll talk grumble. uh i will say that the covers of these are really pretty like i do want to like print these out and use mm -hmm. them in as decoration they are they're really pretty because like they're all very like like, yeah and like painted yeah anyway um the second issue the artist for both stories was tony de zuniga mm -hmm. um the writer for the first story was jack olick and the writer for the second story was cy riot and the covers were done by joe orlando what a name what a name i do like it it's very like they need their own tv show yes so the first uh, story is entitled Honeymoon of Horror. And this is the thing on the cover. A nightmare begins for Ellen Drew after her marriage to David. Who is the strange man holding her prisoner? In Honeymoon of Fear. And then this house starts. And then it's so disappointing. <laughs> Elena, just looking at that blurb, what did you think the story was going to be? I thought it was going to be about like she married like who did i marry like she married yeah. somebody dangerous and like with the past that's fair that's fair that's and not then no the fucking the first thing you read is the man the man ellen drew had married was dead what i thought we we're talking about the man she married not his death <laughs> i'd be pissed if i bought that yeah no uh so anyway the story <laughs> opens up 
Ellen, Drew, and her husband David are on their honeymoon. And David immediately drives off a cliff. Uh, ah, and he drives off a cliff. It's not, I can't, it's sad it happens, but they're going to go stay at this fucking, like, I'm going to say Airbnb. It's not, it's like whatever it is yeah. in that time. And she's like, oh, it's creepy. I don't want to stay here. And he's like, it's probably fine. She's like, no, I'm so scared. He's like, okay, well, we'll go somewhere else then. And they're driving away from this place. And she's like really paranoid. She's like, somebody's following us. But of course, we're going down like a windy road and it's going downhill and it's super dark. And what happens? He doesn't hit the turn fast enough and they just go flying off the cliff. And she is fine, except her dress ripped. And yeah. her husband is, is dead. dead. <laughs> wow. Yep. He's dead. She gets informed by this by a couple of detectives. Again, she's from Morphania, so she faints a lot. Yeah. She has that condition and wakes yeah. up in random rooms. Yes, and she will wake up just randomly. Never uh, a hospital, just random rooms. No, no. She's in a devastating car accident that killed her husband, and they take her to, like, the Airbnb. Yes, that she was scared of. <laughs> yep. Fuck. Yeah. Um. Again, she's in a, what did she say, special, not special ability, but she's, like, in a. Oh, yeah, her special attribute, nightgown. Yeah, she's in nightgown. Yep, she's in nightgown mode. I I would say she's in shock, right? She is. And so she hears a mysterious voice being like, Ellen, Ellen, come get me, Ellen. (laughs) Ellen, it's me. Come here. It's so funny. (laughs) Ellen, it's David. Yes. I'm here, darling, here waiting. And she's like, oh my God, I gotta go. Bye. (laughs) She she walks to the cemetery and then faints. Uh, Yes. (laughs) She sees like a shadow of a man and she faints. Mm -hmm. She's like, you're not dead. Uh, Faints. And then she, chapter two, who am I? (laughs) She wakes up. In another Uh, room. This story, so the previous story was a murder mystery. This story is gaslighting. Yes, it is. I was like, damn, okay. Common theme. She wakes up in a manor and people are like, Mary, Mary, good. You've come too. You've been sick for such a long time, Mary. You know, it's quite common to get brain fog after COVID. Yeah. And she's like, I'm not Mary. I'm Ellen. And they're like, what? You're stupid. Mm -hmm. You're Mary Cartwright. And yeah. I'm your lover and fiance. I think he's her, her fiance. I might her be her fiance. Edwin. 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 Uh, don't name your kids Edwin. <laughs> yes. Um, I will say, like, prior to this, she's in like a pink pantsuit. It looks super cute, super modern. Um, Edwin and his sister Elizabeth d- dress like it's the regency era yes like they both do yes it's it's very strange it is and then their little the manor looks like a like a fancy cottage too from the outside so it's yeah not, we're not in the 60s i refuse <laughs> you refuse to believe it but we are we are in the 60s we find mm-hmm. out later yeah 
there's another character that died like 20 years ago in 1941. Anyway, um, she's like, what do you mean? My name is Ellen. I have a husband, David. You were there. You were the detective pointing at the doctor and the doctor's like, I've never been a detective in all my years. Right. Right. They're like, look at the portrait. That's clearly you. She's like, this is a crazy dream. I can't do it. I'm so confused. I'm so confused. I don't know what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, they're like, you have amnesia, this crazy new thing. And she is just like bedridden for most of it. But outside yeah. of the glooming mansion, a figure waited impatiently. Again, another figure. But this one's not a dark figure. No. This one's bright. a redhead. And he wears a red coat. That's how you know <laughs> that he's not evil. He's actually hot. Exactly. it's just it's a whole it's a what's a lot of gaslighting in the beginning yeah yeah it's a whole like not menagerie is it a fancy word no it's like a like a collection of little vignettes put together a menagerie isn't it is that what it's called it's like um like travel by map you know where you see like all of like just these little moments instead of having full scenes or like a train or like a like a training arc where they show like the entire training arc over the course of like eye of the tiger uh can't no not cameo uh ah <laughs> scream you know what i'm talking about though right i do i do montage montage yes we get all, it's just a whole montage of her being courted by these siblings very yeah. crimson peak mm-hmm you know Mm -hmm. as they try to convince her that she is in fact mary and that she's in love with edwin and that they're gonna get married and everything's gonna be great right Uh, meanwhile you know in between her fainting spells the end her medication she's like noticing that there's just kind of weird things right yeah so she finds like there's this ancient man that's hidden in the manor you know like there's there's a dude digging a grave yes Right. She finds a photograph of what appears to be her, but it's like a very old photograph. Mm-hmm. She's finding weird things, but she's also being romanced by like these tw- by these. I'm just going to assume they're twins. Yes. These these men. And she's like, oh, no, it's like also like if you're not reading it, you're just going through it. It looks mm-hmm. like she's like escapes to her bedroom and sees something. And someone's like, oh, my God, you got away. Go back to your bedroom. Yeah. And like again. Oh, my God, you got away. Go back to your bedroom. But they are like drugging her as well Mm -hmm. they're drugging her they're they're convincing her that she's like she can't trust her own mind that she's mentally unstable Mm -hmm. right like they're gaslighting her he calls her my adorable little idiot what (laughs) can we just leave i am so (laughs) sad for her uh just like i can't stay here i cannot stay in this relationship no he slaps her because she's like none of this makes sense and he's like stop it we're gonna get married you stupid bitch yeah (laughs) don't ruin this for me right and so we have this like interesting character and he's gonna marry them is he the one that marries him i'm sorry yeah it's the the doctor yeah the doctor i put in so anyway they shove her into like a wedding dress and they're like forcefully marrying her but she thinks it's willing right because she she's been convinced at this point that she's just crazy right right and the old man is like, yes, yes, now you're married. Now my daughter is married and you can have all the wealth. And he just points at a painting. Mm-hmm. And Edwin, romance is dead. 
Edwin Romance is dead. Masters. That's his name. Um, <laughs> is immediately like, of course, there's a safe behind the painting. That makes perfect sense. There is not a safe behind this painting. It is just the painting. And he loses his shit. He's like, he lied. The money isn't here. It was a trick. The old man lied. He's been laughing at us this whole time. Blast it. Mm-hmm. And he kicks through the painting. Yes. And strangles the old man. I, uh, yes. To death. And then they're just like, uh, his sister is immediately like, oh my God, why are you like this? She's like, <laughs> we've we've been putting in years of work with this old man and then you just strangle him before he can tell us where the money is. Great, wonderful. You know, this is all this work, all this work sewing these empire waistline dresses, wasted, wasted. And now, and now we have a random woman to get rid of. Yes. I hope you're happy with yourself, Edwin. I hope you're happy. <laughs> <laughs> yes and then um ellen why she's kind of iconic she is uh the the bad women in this mm-hmm. not really they're pretty bad but they're pretty yeah. cool too um but also like in almost every one of these stories a woman is behind it yes absolutely like they are the the victim and the villain yeah not the victim is not the villain but the mm-hmm. it's always like really a story about women yeah and just these men have to come in and ruin it. Yeah. Losers. <laughs> losers. They're uh, losers. Ellen figures out. She's like, you were just using me. Oh, my God. You needed a bride for the fucking will or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she runs. She's like, I gotta go. Yeah. And then they're like, of course away. we needed a bride for the will. That man's daughter died in the 40s and he was kooky. All right. I was never going to be rich. So he runs. And mm-hmm. that one mysterious figure that was introduced in the beginning, he's there. Miss Drew, it's all right. You're safe. Don't you recognize me? Um, and she's like, you're the detective. You're the real one. Oh, thank God. Thank God. And they like run away. Yep. Yeah. And the detective brings the police. Who also their hats. Is that what they look like in the 60s? Um, no, that's that they're bobbies. They're like British police. Is that what their hats look like? Yeah. <gasps> Okay, well, it made it look older for me. <laughs> sorry. I don't, okay. I'm American. I'm so sorry, everyone. Yeah, but anyway, it turns out she's been missing for who knows how long. He's been looking for her. And then when he's, he's, he's been staking out this manor because he knows she's there, but he didn't know if she was there willingly or not. And rather than just like ring the doorbell and ask. He has probable just, cause, like he could have. He's just been haunting it. Yeah. He's just been haunting it. Anyway, bad people get arrested. Uh, we find out that the painting was a Rembrandt. And it was worth a half a million dollars. Mm-hmm. And he put his fucking foot in it. So it's worthless now. It could be repaired. It can. I, they said it. I was like, they can fix it. But I get it. They yeah, also like committed it, crimes. Yeah. Yeah. They at least murdered an old man and gaslighted a woman. Yes. And this lady falls in love with the detective. She's like, I think I'm falling in love with you. And he carries her I... away. You know what? I appreciate it. They don't kiss. They don't. They it's it's implied that like she's not necessarily in love with him. There's just the possibility is there. It's still mm-hmm. fast because her David's been dead for like two weeks, Max. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but you know what? Like I appreciated this one. He was very respectful of her boundaries. He didn't just grab her. Yeah. Well, base. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the stick is on the floor. Yeah, literally. There is a possibility of romance there. Yes. But we don't see that. It ends. And then we get the 10-page story, the mystery of Dead Man's Cove. 
this one was kind of cute uh yeah it was interesting fashion. this one was fashion 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 so fashionable i this woman is an icon she is basic story of this one is a, a, a jilted woman decides to just go to greece have like herself a little vacay mm-hmm. but the island that she picks just has like a weird story about how a siren keeps crashing a bunch of ships and people keep dying yes and like that's the base story mm-hmm. she meets nicolas nicolas her Ooh. her lover on vacation <laughs> <laughs> that is true it's you know let her live her it's summer like, bow stella got her groove back what was this lady's name oh my god i forgot her name miss pennyworth got her groove back <laughs> no miss mrs pennyworth is, the, is she the older lady she's the old lady well maybe that's uh, what i want this is oh gosh what is her name did they even there's no way they didn't tell us her name they have to have nancy no she thought she's talking about someone else okay um miranda did they not did they not give us a name <gasps> for this stop no there there's no to... way yet there's no way okay hold on hold on they have to say her name tracy oh miss stevens yeah okay tracy stevens <laughs> there you go okay it took a minute though <laughs> It's okay. We're fine. We're going to move past it. Tracy Honestly, got her groove back. She's got her groove back. She's going to stay at an inn that is run by a woman named Mrs. Pennyworth. Uh, Mrs. Pennyworth is a widow who used to have a lot of money, but her family lost all of their money because, like, a fleet of ships crashed. And, again, in the mysterious bay. Yes. Right? So she's just, she's just like, a nice old lady. And then Niklos is there who helps her out. Mm-hmm. Right? uh in the morning tracy like miss stevens this was this part was confusing for me okay so tracy likes beaches which ooh, i get it i too like beaches right yes mrs pennyworth suggests that she goes to a specific beach an abandoned beach yes. she goes tracy goes there and then immediately gets attacked because uh, again i i guess she's from orphania yeah she suddenly i felt a crashing pain then blackness mm-hmm. so she gets hit in the head yes nikos uh, finds her passed out on the beach and is like oh my god you could have drowned uh, yeah because the tide is coming up yeah and then uh, and- <laughs> she makes <laughs> out with a woman with head trauma yeah and she sees little hearts because of the head trauma <laughs> yeah and then he says forgive me tracy i shouldn't have done that and then she has a thought bubble, which is like the most un okay. She says, just like a man not to understand. I loved it. <laughs> it's like, wait a second, hold on, hold on. What? <laughs> Speak for yourself, Tracy. <laughs> I okay. So I, I will say in support of the story. In the previous stories, they make a point of saying like uh that the men are grabbing them, right? Oh, like yeah. in the first story what's her face was getting grabbed so much and she would in her thought bubbles it would be like it hurt yes like it was bruising pain and then like it went soft later right Mm -hmm. we don't Mm -hmm. get that with niklos like niklos is very gentle with her and it's definitely like a very instead of just like shoving their faces together it's a very gentle kiss Mm -hmm. and she does kind of consent like in her brain 
Yeah. She's like, ooh, that was hot. Like, it's, if this was happening in a movie, you know, like, it would, the implication would be that, like, she was into it, he was into it, everyone was into it. Right. Right. True, true, true. You're right. And we find out that this beach that, again, this old woman sent her to, the beach that the old woman told her to go to, is apparently cursed and people just die out here. People who wander around this beach just get got and turn up later dead. Yes. They, and this is where we're like, it's a siren. Mm-hmm. Yes. She doesn't say anything to Miss Pennyworth. And instead, Nicholas takes her out on like a hot date. Hey. Yeah. By the way, her swim clothes are so cute. They are. It's She's just like got... the, a matching cover up mm-hmm. bikini set. It's so cute. Yeah. Well, it's like the, the, oh gosh, it is so cute. The cover up is like, it, it's like in the style of a shirt, but then it can be buttoned into like a mini dress and it is so cute. It is. It has like a little tie at the top too, like a, like an ascot kind of. Yeah. You can tie it and wear it kind of open or you can button it up and make it like a mini dress. It's very, very cute. Mm-hmm. I do want it. It was uh, so great. Everything this woman wore was so cute. Yes. Anyway, she goes on like a date with Nicholas, who then gets like accosted by like a very angry, stern looking man. Yeah, she looks like, like 10 o'clock tonight. Colonel Sanders. Oh my God, he does. And she's like, whoa, what is happening? Mm-hmm. And then she's like, ooh, secretive. I don't know what's going on. Yep. And yep. he's all worried. She's like, he's like a different man. He's not as like easygoing as before. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, I need you. Like, I'm going to go do something. Can you stay with Mrs. Pennyworth and keep her company? Because the the waters are dangerous tonight. Yeah. And then and she's get... immediately like, fuck this old woman. She just leaves. It's so boring here. I want to go fuck, dude. Yeah. Find Nicholas. So she, she goes to the pier because she overhears that their plans. They're going to sail out in a boat tonight. Right. Mm-hmm. She sneaks on board the boat, immediately gets found. Yes. And then the boat is attacked by the siren. Yes. And um, do you, would you like to describe the, this awful terror that has killed hundreds of people, presumably on this island? Yes. So they're trying to get, they're getting lured by, by the rocks or whatever. Hold on. Let me get there. Ah, mm-hmm. ah, ah. It's a ghastly face of a mad woman. It's Mrs. Pennyworth. And they chase after her because it's actually like a grotto. And what do they find in the grotto? Mrs. Pennyworth and like her perfectly preserved by the lime that has been oozing through the walls. Husband. Man she loved. The man she loved. And she she says, Charles, I won't let them get to you. I've kept them away all these years with these lights. She's just apparently, she just goes out with like a lantern and then the ships just, I guess, I mean, okay, so. They get, well, like a lighthouse, right? Yeah, it's like a lighthouse effect, I guess. Uh, I don't. And so this is what I think is happening because that happens and then like they don't explain anything anymore. No. What I think is happening is she goes in there, she illuminates it to keep Mm -hmm. people away, quote unquote. But if a boat is out at night, it's really easy to get turned around. So they're following a light and they hit the shore and yeah, they and they, they run into, like, the reefs and the rocks because it's a very, mm-hmm. like, rocky area. That's why the grotto exists. Right. So I guess they were by accident, but she never sunk to She sunk a bunch of ships by accident, and then she purposefully murdered a bunch of people because anybody that goes to, like, her secret beach that gets too close to the grotto, she, like, hits them and kills them. 
Yeah, because she has a dead body in there. Her husband's. Uh, yes. It's so <laughs> Yes. And then we find out that this entire thing was a sting operation. Yes, because the uh, uh, Mr. Sanders, <laughs> Colonel Sanders, uh, Tracy was like, you're a part of the mob. Because uh, there's like some weird like prejudice against Greece people in this. Yeah, Mrs. Pennyworth is a racist old lady. <laughs> yeah, like she says like really mean things. And so like I uh Tracy's also like, oh my god, like are they gangsters? I'm so worried. And the guy is like Nicholas is like, no, he's our politician or he's the chief of police. He's the chief of police. Like boats have been sinking and this random old British woman has been super weird about it. We've actually suspected her for years. I was undercover. Like and um, they find, she says, I came for vacation, I found romance, and it ends. It does, it does. It ends with a kiss, and we've got, like, uh, Niklos is like, try to fall in love with me, Tracy. And then they he kiss. He is so into her. This is, like, the better one. This is the one you were talking about, right? Yes. Like, the half story? Yes. Yeah. Because they didn't put so much shit in it. It was very much like, here's one problem. Here are these two hot people. Here's mm-hmm. this lady. Uh, some mystery. And we're not going to keep telling you what's happening. You're just going to like go along for the ride. And at the end, there's a reveal. And then they make up. Yeah. And the reveal makes sense. Yes. We're it, it, every we're given payoff for it. It's a simple story. It it's I wouldn't call it scary. But the mystery works. Yeah. Because it's simple. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's fine it's not trying to be anything else yeah um but here we are going into something else that's trying to be something else so the next one chapter three or the third one number yep. three he came to her in the blackness of the light did he bring the love or the kiss of death we see another woman running away from a figure and bats yep story by jack olick art by don hack yes this one could have been good too Mm -hmm. this is one i really wanted to like this one yes i really want because if they would have just 15 issues were not needed if they would have really just funded this one and made it really good this would have been like a timeless one that like everybody would have read at a certain point Mm mm-hmm because it has length, it has set up. They set it up pretty well because I wasn't confused by by settings. Yeah, uh, and it just falls apart. It does because it's like the characters are engaging. The characters are engaging. The concepts are engaging. Like the mystery is engaging. It's just they shove everything it's together so quickly. Or if they would have done this one like a limited series, like ten issues or something. Uh, or whatever mm-hmm. would have been appropriate for it. It would have been so good. Because the character, the lady, like, she's more than just someone from Orphania. Yeah. She has, like, a career. She's mm-hmm. there for a purpose. They're both there for a purpose. They come into it together. They don't, like, randomly find each other. Yeah. And and they're placed in, like, a mystery. But no, we couldn't. <laughs> like, ah. No. No, we couldn't have this. So the story opens up and we have Anne and Victor. Victor is a doctor, Anne is a nurse. They have been contracted to come work for a creepy baron in like Romania. Yes. Right? No one in the village likes the baron. They think he's a vampire. <laughs> it's 1910. <laughs> it is 19, the year is 1910. Uh, Anne <laughs> is wearing a gorgeous red fur trimmed 
snowsuit. One, she looks like Mrs. Claus. She does. <laughs> Young, hot Mrs. Claus. Yes, her man Victor. That's his name. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's wearing. He looks like Jack the Ripper. <laughs> he just. He looks very Victorian. He's got. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he has a top hat and like a cool suit that has a cape on it. I don't know what they're called, but they're cool and they're old timey. Yep. Yeah, he does. He does. Uh, they eventually get picked up by one of the servants of the household who takes them up to the castle and then they immediately get snowed in. Yeah, absolutely. So they are stuck here for the season. Yes, it's like um, The Shining. Yep. They meet the Baron. They meet his like servant lady. Um, yeah, we meet Mara. Mara, thank you. Mara is the daughter of the main servant. It's implied that she's the same age as Anne, but she's not the same age as Anne. No. We find that out later. Yeah. Um. Anyway, and Mara is immediately, like, kind of spooky. She is. She's, like, too nice. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, that sounds like someone who has trust issues. I do. But she <laughs> is too nice. Like, she's like, oh, I'm here to help you however I can. It's like, you, what? Like, why are you so helpful? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, and then they met a character named Janos, like at the tavern while they're trying to get a ride up to the to the castle. Yeah, uh, and she's like, "You can't talk about Janos. Nobody talks about Janos. Like we don't talk about Janos. He just goes around telling the locals I'm a vampire. Fuck him. We don't talk about him in this house. He's a fucking <laughs> hater ass. Yeah. And so Anne is immediately seated with like the ooky spookies. Yes. Right, because like she's like everyone in this village is scared of this place. Mara is being super fishy, and then you know like the Baron, the Baron tells like is Price. creepy. He's like yeah. creepy and weirdly interested in Anne. This one is very much like they watched uh, the murder mystery one with Vincent Price. This one reminded me the most of those of that type of story. yeah. I have a fun fact actually. Yes. Um. So I, the very first issue of like, you know, the forbidden love of the dark mansion mm-hmm. included a one page short, short story that was written by Vincent Price. Oh, that is a fun fact. <laughs> I love it. So anyway, like at dinner, we, we hear about like though the legend of the vampire and then the bear again, there is an element of classism in these books because mm-hmm. like the bear is just immediately like, oh, they're all just stupid peasants they're not educated they just make shit up right mara stupid peasant janos stupid peasant my guy here stupid peasant but he doesn't at least he doesn't talk shit about me yeah he's loyal mm-hmm. and there's a knock on the door and who should it be it's a fucking art dealer yeah with this painting that keeps changing yeah in the background there is a painting that like is supposed to be of his vampiric ancestor but the painting ch- is it appears three times and all three times it is significantly different mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i didn't notice that miranda sent me screenshots i was like what are you talking about and i was like oh shit i didn't even i i wanted so badly for there to be an actual vampire i did too i wanted there to be like a like ghouls and like actual ghosts and stuff but no yeah. of course it's just people being shitty it's um, scooby-doo like, it but is. I wanted there to be an actual vampire and I wanted like this painting to be foreshadowing of it and it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead, we hear that like there's a weird ass wolf going around that because the peasants aren't just scared of vampires, they're also scared of werewolves. And there was like a local girl that got killed, but it wasn't just a local girl. It was um, one of the servant's kids. 
which we never yeah. return to. No. Disposable. Mm-hmm. Very disposable. Yeah. And uh, the doctor and the nurse start macking on each other. Hey, I'm here for it. Which I'm like, in the 70s? Sure. Fine. You know, free love, right? And the story is set in 1910. Less free. We needed less, less macking. Yeah. We needed more tension. You know, we needed we needed more like talking too close, almost as though they could kiss, but then jumping away the moment somebody else enters a doorway. Uh, I love it. More hiding, more building. They get there, but it takes longer. No, they kiss immediately. Yeah, it's just immediately because Anne is indescribably beautiful. Everybody talks about how hot Anne is. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Anyway, she's kind of unnerved. And so. She's like, hey, can you send your servant woman Mara up to like my bedroom? I don't know. She can sit in a chair all night while I sleep. <laughs> I, yes. What a decision. Because I thought they were going to have like a bed for her or like share the bed or something. Like, hey, can like, I don't want to sleep by myself. Can somebody yeah, no. come with me? Never. Uh, no. So she just has to sit there and be awake. And then mm-hmm. something happens. Whoosh. Yeah. Oh my God. What, what's that? Mara, by the way, is also like helping to feed the flame. She's also like, yes. And weird things happen here. And it's very spooky. And you should leave immediately. <laughs> Too bad you can't. You're snowed in. Yeah. Uh, they talk about like a shadow figure, like watching her again, another looming figure. Mm-hmm. And she like, wakes up and, and is like oh my god i am seeing things right they start feeding yeah. her and freaks out and she just goes running around the house convinced that there was a vampire in her bedroom yes uh and <laughs> this is again where i think like the the comic code of authority comes in mm-hmm. in terms of the visual language because you know a she wakes up to something standing over her in her bed like that's creepy right but she mentions how she now has like there's a there's some kind of mark on her neck there's like a bruise or a puncture or something there it does not get drawn it doesn't get you don't see it like it kind of she has i guess it's a teardrop so i thought maybe something happened there and like it's a bruise but you don't really see it it's just like oh a bite and then the guy's like i think it's an insect (laughs) yeah anyway she's from orphania so she faints she faints violently. She like throws herself back. Yes, she gets caught. Mm-hmm. What we've kind of end up establishing is that everyone is weirdly centered on her. Yeah. Like everybody's weirdly centered on Anne throughout like the next few weeks in snowed into this manner. Anne is in a deteriorating mental state mm-hmm. where she's and just. Go ahead. I was going to say, I think it's like, it's just, you're. she's so scared that mm-hmm. it's like anxiety and it it like is really like deteriorating her her mental state yeah and she's like convinced that there are vampires and that she's becoming a vampire it's a whole thing so she is convinced and everybody's weirdly fixated on her um she's ostensibly been hired to be a nurse she does no nursing no she does absolutely no nursing because like the big rich guy is immediately like oh she must be protected like of all thing mara it's your job to make sure that she's good she's okay she's so beautiful yeah she's so hot it would be a waste she's like crazy hot she can't be crazy because she's too hot to be crazy right and then mara is like i will defend her as though she were my own child which has weird implications later yes but everybody fixates on her as she goes deeper and deeper into this belief that there are vampires in this house Mm -hmm. 
we and learn then, backstory mm -hmm. is that where you're going the backstory about like his wife his first wife yeah okay. because we we have to empathize with the baron yeah and so he he talks about how he had like this really crazy hot wife <laughs> another one years ago yeah crazy hot so hot and then so, she, so hot he and then was, she, she just was... fucked off to paris one day and didn't come back right because she was frivolous because mm -hmm. <laughs> she's like oh your house is so boring it's yeah. so ugly it's so gloomy like i'd rather us be in paris and he's like all right well i'll pay for a trip for you to paris and the girl <laughs> paris won yeah paris won she had an affair and just never came back yeah well, well prior to her and really like that's all you need to know uh we also find out later from mara that the baron had a child that died this doesn't become relevant later we don't bring it up oh it doesn't matter it does not matter this and ever since then he's just been weird <laughs> like ever since the sun died which again we never bring the sun back up again later the baron's just been like really sad and gloomy and so finally because anne is deteriorating they're just like we have to risk it like we've we need she needs help she needs out of this house we need to walk to town what <laughs> i was literally like i i had not i don't know they don't say how long it's been either no but i was just like because it, it because they don't say how long it's been i it to me i'm just like oh it hasn't been like that long but i guess it's been longer and she's doing really bad because i'm like you're gonna walk in this snow to mm -hmm. town are you serious? Oh, I couldn't believe it. But I'm not super accustomed to snow either way. Yeah. So. I mean, so you <laughs> mentioned The Shining earlier. And that's actually a subplot in the book. Mm -hmm. Like that that's a whole subplot in the book of like too many too much weird shit is happening at, at this hotel. And Wendy eventually is like, you know what, like, I'm I'm gonna risk it like Danny and I need to get the fuck out of this hotel. And so um, there is like a point in time where she does try to like walk to town. Oh. So, and like the, the book ends with um, the overlook, like the hotel exploding. Right. And so like, she boiling. does have to get to get her and her child to town. So like, it, it's, it is a thing that appears in like other, I don't know. I wonder what came first, this or The Shining? Cause there's a lot of similarities. Yeah, like The Shining was one of his breakout books. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Is this a copycat? Is <laughs> The one good story. Fuck. The Shining book. When did it come out? Um, oh, 77. And this one? Seven. This one came out in either 71 or 72. Oh, okay. So this one came out first. Okay. Yeah. The Shining is the copy. <laughs> but winter. Winter is creepy in its own. And yeah, there is, you know, like if I was freaked out enough, I guess I'd be like, let just, I can't be here anymore. I gotta go. Yeah. Um, so they, they do venture out. It's the two ladies and there's a fucking woof. It's like a dire woof. Mm -hmm. The thing that ate the child, that ate, not the child, not the son that died, ate Mara's little sister who was 10. So fucked up. That's so yeah. fucked up. Um, but she's like, it's a werewolf. Run. It's, it's a whole thing. Um, there ends up being a snow slide i forgot what that's called like an avalanche and av there ends up being like an avalanche and so they are forced to return yeah. because like if they stay out here they're gonna die um the art dealer gets lost in the midst okay. but they walk back and like she is Anne is going downhill yeah she has like sunken eyes sure she's not eating mm -hmm. she's not doing well 
And so they decide that like, okay, obviously we are educated men. We know vampires aren't real. <laughs> yeah. That is true. That's like, their we- whole argument. Like, yeah. oh, we fucking have books and we know how to read. Like, we know that this is, we know that there's a genre called fiction. <laughs> and that's part of the fiction genre. It's not nonfiction. Yes. There's two halves of a library. There's fiction and nonfiction and vampires go in fiction. So we just have to fucking buck up. Yeah. Yeah. And so then, like, the doctor's like, well, we know the vampires aren't real, but she thinks that they're real. So what if we just stab, like, your grandfather's corpse? So ridiculous. (laughs) It's kind of brilliant. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) But they make a point of saying they're going to do this in front of her so that she believes that the vampire is dead. Right. And then they immediately go to do it without her. Right. Yes. Anyway, they pry open the tomb. And who is there? Who is there? Anne. Anne is inside of the tomb. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry, I went forward. Anne is just passed out in a crypt and she's got like a family crest on her. I don't even understand. It's the family crest of the Baron's family. Mm hmm. Anyway, and then things just immediately ramp up from there. It just gets so out of control. There's a giant bat for no reason. There's just a big bat. The vampire! Yeah, they get locked into the crypt, but oh, they find a secret passageway. Yeah. And in the secret passageway, they find Janos, the asshole from town. Yeah, and he's Who's dying. Yes. Uh, He dies. And they keep on going. They're like, well, oh, well, he was a poor, uneducated person anyway. We don't give a fuck about him. Yep. They, keep... <laughs> they, go, they keep going in the secret passageway. And who do they find? The art dealer. Just chained up to a wall. And then they keep going. And they find Mara. Yes. We oh, find... they find Mara first, actually. And yeah, they, they find, find Mara. The and this is when the story unravels. So it turns out that... 20 years ago, when the Baron's wife fucked off, she was having an affair with a French art dealer, our French art dealer in this story. And then when she left the French art dealer, because it was just like a summer fling, she went to England out of shame and had a baby and then presumably died. And who was that baby, Elena? Janos, right? No, Janos. Which one was the baby? Oh, Mara? Anne. Anne was the baby. Anne was the baby. Look. What? (laughs) Wait, wasn't Janos like related to them too, though? Oh, so, okay. It, guys. All right. (laughs) Y'all. She had a baby and then she died, right? So there's this mysterious baby. About 10 years later, uh, the, the Baron is like, oh, I haven't fucked since my hot wife left. I guess I need to, like, I I need to find somebody else to, like, sleep with. And so he secretly marries Mara. But he doesn't tell people that he married her because she's a peasant girl and beneath him. So he marries her, still treats her like a servant, fucks her. Presumably they have a child together. And I assume that's the son that dies. Mm, Right. And then the son, like, the son dies. He immediately loses interest in Mara because, again, it was just about getting his pieces and parts wet. Right. Uh. 
And he instead sends for Anne. He does this whole contrivance to get Anne to come to the manor because he right. does not know if she's an affair baby or if she's his baby. And so he gets her to the manor. He get it's he just, it's like Mamma Mia. It's yeah. Mamma Mia if the dads were the one arranging everything. Right. And so he gets her there under false like false premises Pretenses, yeah he gets the french art dealer there and he's presumably trying to compare them the entire time yes but he's just he just can't do it he eventually decides uh, the baron eventually decides it does not matter because anne is just so hot she just looks so much like his his dead hot wife that like he's decided he's gonna love her like she's his anyway so gross and Ma that's where mara comes in i feel like i scrubbed it from my brain <laughs> yeah because it is very clearly he's like my baby girl yeah yeah but so yeah, he Mara just, is like fuck you dude yeah and Mara's like I have been here I have put in the work like a lifetime of servitude because I was born in this goddamn castle and I was your servant and then you married me but then you still kept me on as a servant it was very confusing and then you got lonely and you brought the affair baby here. And now you've just decided that like, that's going to be your heir. Never mind the fact that you fucking married me. Yes. Right. Like, and you're just, you're just choosing to ignore it. You didn't tell anyone that it happened. So it never happened. I, I feel for Mara. I'm a Mara apologist on this one. Yeah. But anyway, and then uh, Janos is when the Baron loses interest in her uh, again. And I, I don't know if her, if, Mara's dad knows that she was married to the Baron. Mm -hmm. I mean, he has to have. Anyway, like I don't know any. I don't know about that, but like when the Baron loses interest in her, she cultivates a relationship with Janos, and presumably That's what it was presumably after they scare Anne off and Mara inherits everything when the old man kicks it. Like they're just gonna be living it up in this in this mansion. That's what it was. Because <laughs> I was like, Janos is a part of this. I remember them bringing it up. Okay. Mm -hmm. Thank you for clearing that up. Because I was like, yeah, I, everyone's related somehow. Um, anyway, yeah. we, don't, we don't talk about we don't talk about how Mara has been wronged, how Mara has been fucked over by all the rich, rich English people because right. she just immediately falls out of a window. Yeah. And dies. Mm -hmm. uh, and they live happily ever after as this weird family. Yep. They just, yep. they just, it is like, it's a weird family because it's like the doctor stays on to be like her beau and mm -hmm. Anne gets treated like the daughter and the French art dealer also gets kept on, I guess, as daddy number two. Uh, it's a nuclear family. <laughs> Yikes. So it could have been good, but it was too much. Mm -hmm. It was all squished into under 40 pages. It's too much. It's too much. Yes. And this next one. Finally, the last one. The stupidest one, one might yeah. argue. An evil out of the past claims victims. Oh, wait. An evil out of the past claims victim after victim in the next ancient house. Will Susan be next? A kiss from the grave. This one was, I think, the funniest. Not the not it good. Was it was not good. Ridiculous. It was funny though. Yeah. Because I <laughs> these people are business partners. I've yada yada to do this one. <laughs> it's like okay. Um, I need plot. <laughs> okay. Do you want to see if we can we can explain this one in five minutes? Yeah, I okay. bet we can. So 
two representatives of a hotel chain go out to an old English manor, which has been sold to them. They're going to turn it into like a and b right? They are business partners first, lovers second. Yes. Uh, but this is like a super weird house. They had a, there's a previous representative from the hotel company that just fucked off. Like he went out there, he was like, everything's great. Everything's good. We're doing great. You know, we're going to turn this into a hotel. It's going to be fabulous. And then he sent them a letter and was like, uh, actually, I'm going to find a new job in South Africa. Bye. <laughs> Bye. These two show up. And These like, two right. show up to take over, take over the renovations. Right. It is uh, list it or flip it. Whatever that show is. TLC is the TLC. <laughs> yes. TLC. Spooky edition absolutely absolutely anyway they go out there they find out that like the the manor house has a reputation of being haunted by like a gray woman yes a gray ghost woman yeah a gray ghost woman and there are there's two main people in the house there is a lionel the servant who just gives everybody bad vibes yeah which you know sometimes you just have to trust intuition yeah, so there's Lionel the servant, and then there's like the old lord, and I it I think it's implied that like the old lord is, you know, he he sold his manor to like this company, but he's got some like deal with them where he still gets to live there. I don't know. It's such it does not make sense because if you are flipping a house, you're not living in the house. Yeah, but they do live in the house in this one. They do live in the house in this one because like they're turning into a hotel, right? Uh, immediately there's like some weird accidents that keep happening uh and the lady she's just she keeps seeing like weird stuff mm -hmm. like she keeps seeing weird stuff and so she becomes convinced that the ghost is real the man is like i'm a businessman i'm a capitalist also by the way they're in england the, the two main characters are from america and yes. i just assume that he's from he's like from i don't know texas, texas. he's got texas energy he does he looks like fred from he does look like we do and she, and she looks like, like Daphne. Daphne. <laughs> but yeah, we start seeing that she's seeing things or whatever, like she's getting freaked out. And we see a big gray lady. Mm -hmm. Looks like a person in a sheet, but it's a big gray lady and it's a ghost. And she's like, oh, hell no. Yeah. Hell no. She faints. She wants to leave. So bad. Fred is like, but no. What about the renovations? What about the money we're going to make off of this? yep and she's like oh but you're so hot i guess so i guess i'll stay here we'll kiss mm -hmm. a little bit more because they're business partners and lovers yes it, it's very tlc anyway uh <laughs> they decide that they're going to because they're gonna be running a hotel they're gonna make good with like the local important people in the town right yeah you know which it, that's a sound business practice yes as somebody that is in essence coming in to gentrify this old manor house yeah, they need buy-in from the community, the mm -hmm. investors, in essence. Yep. So they invite everybody to have like a nice little tea time lunch. And immediately they are met with hostility because the old biddy in charge of like the local historical society is like, fuck you and your renovations. Yeah, it should be a, it should be a historical side. Like, well, it is a bitch, so what's up? <laughs> and nope. then uh one of them just slam dunks into the table yeah the and then vicar. A, how was his body the other way i i, <laughs> I laughed really hard at this one because it's like he slammed forward so hard he flipped on his back it was it's i didn't even notice 
heart failure. I died. It was so funny. <laughs> he dies. He dies. Uh, but the old Betty insists that he have an autopsy. Yeah, because they think it's uh, suspicious. And it was suspicious. It's he was murder. Poisoned. He was poisoned, probably with arsenic. Yeah. And do you know why I say it was probably arsenic? Why? Because we see somebody, we see like a mysterious figure pouring like some something into his glass. And then when he drinks it, he's like, oh, it's nutty. Oh, yeah. And arsenic tastes like almonds. Thanks. Anyway, sorry, that was me being a nerd no, Any, for fine. like a minute and a half. You're good. Anyway, she's like, Daphne is like, Fred, we got to go. People are dying. And then Fred is like, but the money. And she's like, okay, we can make it out. It's fine. Mm -hmm. I'll stay here longer. Meanwhile, uh, old Biddy yes. is getting stabbed to death with a garden trowel. Yes. Intense. Intense. And at this point, the cops are just like, nobody's leaving because you people come to town and now we've got like seven murders on our hands. Yes. And it's like important people in the community as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they have to stay, and then dun, 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 another possible death. Yep. The lord of the manor is just passed out. Yes. In front of the fireplace. Honestly, he just looks like he's having floor time. He does. I did that yesterday because my back was not happy with me. So I just oh, laid I, on the floor. <laughs> I greatly value my floor time. It's amazing. It is. Um, it is wonderful. He's had a stroke. And he's now bedridden. Yes. Meanwhile, like Daphne is so freaked out by like the ghosts that she's like, I can't do this anymore. And she faints yes. like, like a true citizen of Orphania. Yes. Uh, and Fred is like, this is weird. It's weird that she keeps fainting and seeing things. And then he just decides to go into all the rooms where she keeps seeing things and he finds rigging. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which was so funny. <laughs> finds like stilts. He, this is the most Scooby Doo. He finds stilts. He finds the curtain that is a gray lady. Mm -hmm. He finds literal rigging, like a pulley system. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, oh, my God, it's a person, not a ghost. And yeah. then he, like, runs back to get Susan. And she's about to get strangled. And they're like, it's that fucking weirdo. But no, it's not the weird servant that nobody likes. It's the Lord. It is. Whoa. Because in true Scooby-Doo fashion... He's just decided that he's going to take the hotel people's money and he's going to scare off any hotel people that come here. He does say y'all were meddling. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wait a sec. It's deliberate. It has to be deliberate. Mm -hmm. There's got to be a tie in there. They knew what they were doing. Yeah. So anyway, he gets arrested um, and they decide now that she knows that there's no ghosts, she decides that like, oh, we're going to go on a vacay and then we'll come back and we'll love it or list it capitalism rules all yes and they make out and they go on this little vicky yeah and it ends this was the funniest one it was very funny there are some gems in it i just wish it was better executed um yep or if they were all kind of like that like kind of zany it would have been really funny mm -hmm. but they weren't no no <sighs> okay. they were not uh... would you recommend it no would you recommend some of it some of it yes like, I, I, I kind of want to read more because, like, this moves away from being, like, this weird contrived romance anthology into being, like, more of a strictly spooky story anthology. Yes. 
Um, it later in the seventh issue, it actually gains a host in the great tradition of other horror anthologies of the time yes. period. Uh, this host is a woman named Charity, who after this series ends, gets moved over to Starman Comics and becomes a character there. Ooh. Um, and if I remember correctly, like it's she becomes like a not like a major major character, but like a pretty important side character in the Starman comics. That's pretty cool. Uh, and then the title of like the Dark Mansion of Forbidden Love later also comes back in a Dead Man storyline. I like it. It's pretty cool. So, what about you? Would you recommend this? Uh, I think I'd recommend some of them. Like, I would probably recommend the one that I wanted to be good. The f- the one where she's oh the nineteen ten one because it has like the most tropes. Uh, yeah, I like that one the most out of all of them. Um, that's probably it. But yeah, I think reading it because you do see it develop in the first four issues. You see it like start as one like really dramatic thing and it moves on to something that's a little more fun, um, and like just just fun. Like oh, it's like a mystery. Like what are we gonna do? And like everyone's making out. Like that's pretty fun. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess I'd recommend parts of it. I'm interested to see more once we read more of it. Yeah. What are we reading next week to continue Halloweenies? <laughs> what are we reading next week? My pick. Uh, it is on the Marvel app. It's called String Ta- Strange Tales of Startling Suspense. It's literally called Strange Strange Tales. It's the only one. It's a little bit long. It's not that long, but there's a lot of text in it. So I think it'll make a good episode. It's a bunch of like little episodes within one big comic. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm excited. The first one has zombies coming out of it. So it should be fun. Okay. So it's Strange Tales of Startling Suspense. Yeah. I'm, sorry, I'm looking for it on the app. Oh, you're totally fine. Oh, it's actually called Strange Tales, parentheses, 1951, parentheses, number 25. 1951 yeah <gasps> that's before the comic code of authority yay oh my gosh i'm gonna send it to you i think i copied the link oh my gosh there's 130 issues yeah so it's number 25 <laughs> so the 25th one yeah Ooh. oh my okay. god the 25th one had to have come into effect just before the comic code of authority because it came out in january of 1954 oh, i that's... literally looked up spooky I looked up Halloween. I looked mm-hmm. up Gothic, and I a few things came up, but this one came up, and I was like, "This one looks fun." Okay, uh, I love it. So yeah, I'm everyone, excited. Find it. Have a good time, Miranda. Where can the folks find you? Well, if you'd like to reach out to me directly, I am Dino Mighty Miranda on TikTok. I repeat, Dino is in Dinosaur. Mighty is in Mighty Mouse Miranda. That's my name. Don't wear it out. I am your friendly neighborhood amateur Batman historian. Additionally, I go live on TikTok twice a week on Thursdays and Saturdays at 9 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. If you'd like to reach out to us as a group, you can send us an email at thesidekicks at gmail.com. I repeat, thesidekicks, capital T-H-E, capital S-E-I-D, capital K-I-C-K-S, at gmail.com. If you have a recommendation for us, if you have a critique for us, if you work in the industry and would like to talk to us, we would love to talk to you. Just feel free to send us an email at thesidekicks at gmail.com or follow us at thesidekicks on Instagram where we post pictures of all the crazy stuff that we talk about here. Aleda, where can the people find you? You can find me on TikTok as Orchata Chica or you can find me on Instagram as The Comfy Act. Um, but yeah, in terms of the podcast, like us, review us, share it. That's how we grow. 
and the more we grow, the more we can do. So leave a review and stuff. But yeah, that's all I have. Um, <clears throat> forbidden, forbidden love in that dark manner. That is what we read this week. Thrilling, it was not. But we don't have an outro song, so I came up with this jingle. Yeah. Yeah. Huh.